Hello and welcome to Uncle Monty's Variety Show. This is Monty and with me is the one and only El Greco. How you doing everyone? So this is our inaugural episode in which, uh, well it seems like in this episode we kind of got down to fundamentals. A lot of talk about sex and bodily functions. Uh, we sort of put it all out on the table. A lot of stories. You know it's your first podcast so you're going to tell all of your best stories right there up front. But if you like it, stick with it because we get into other stuff in the later episodes. You got anything to say there, El Greco? That's it. All That's right. the long and short of it. Without further ado. Hit it, Joe! You all know my Uncle Monty, don't you? Monty the Magnificent at your service! Tell it to Monty! Oh, how you are! You coming to see Uncle Monty's big benefit show? You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. I was just laid off recently. Yeah. And it brought up a memory. The last time I was laid off, which was about five years ago, Mm -hmm. I had to go to the unemployment office there on Turk Street. I know it well. And... And I remember while I was in the unemployment line, there was a pretty attractive um, Chinese woman, and I, uh, and uh, you know, I, I uh, she was in the unemployment line. I was in the unemployment line. And, so, uh, and I, so and, you were, yeah, that that was an equalizer. But you knew that you guys were on the same economic class level, right? You know, I tried to like you know run some game. You know, I'm like, what was, hey, what did you use? As a, as a line, I don't remember, but just kind of like, I try to make it sound like, isn't life funny how I'm here? Who would expect a guy like me to be here in the unemployment line? Some way to kind of uh, make it seem as if I was above all the unemployment. But basically, I did r- recall, you know, taking a good shot at asking her out. And I thought, I, I go, that's not the perfect, you don't come in at a high respect level when you're asking <laughs> trying to date someone in the unemployment line. And then I also remember taking some medicine, uh, Lamictal, for cyclothymia, and I had run out. I think I was, um, this is also many years ago before I was employed, and so I had Healthy San Francisco, and I had run out of Lamictal, and so I had to go to the emergency, like not emergency, but they have a drug clinic there south of Market, like on 9th and like, Harrison Street, and there was like some guy in the lobby playing guitar, and and everyone else was homeless, and they were all like on serious medication, and uh, you know I I just needed to get like my prescription, and I didn't have health insurance, and so the one woman who was the counselor was another attractive woman, very attractive, and while I'm getting my like um, uh, medication for cyclothymia. I tried to ask her out, so I, I thought, and I think she, she thought I was like oh, some some homeless guy. Here I am in this like in this clinic, this mental health clinic for people with serious mental health issues. Most of these people are homeless, you know, or struggling. And I tried to ask out like this is a very attractive drug counselor. I'm like, hey. You know, we should go out dancing sometimes. And she's like, sure, let's uh, let's just move you along. Just, which just would not take the bait. You know, there's, and like, I can talk a good game. You know what I mean? I can talk, I can talk a good game. 
no matter what the situation is. But it is tricky talking game when you're in the unemployment line or like you're at a mental health clinic for people with homeless or like, you know, severe mental health issues. So those were two of the hardest. Those are the two of the, I would say, uh, strangest places I've tried to pick up a woman. You know this story. This wasn't even something I was planning to do, but I think I told you about this. Oh, about one the woman time. who knocked on the car door okay. while driving rain. So I'm coming home from work. I was working late. I'm coming home. It's dark out, and it's pouring rain, just really, really coming down. Right. And I stop at uh, Fell, like somewhere around like Fillmore, somewhere around there. And I'm stopped at a light, and all of a sudden, I hear this tapping <laughs> on the passenger side door. Right. And um, I think what happened was that at the time, the, the uh, automatic window button on the passenger side was broken. So in order to talk to the person, I had to open the door of the car. Right. So I opened the door of the car to say, yes, what do you want? And this woman just plops right down in the passenger seat. Was she attractive? Walks right in. Well, she was soaking wet. I mean, she looked like she'd been walking around for like an hour out out in the pouring rain. She was soaked. But I mean, you know, she was dressed sort of like she'd been out for a night on the town, you know, and did uh, she seem? Did she look crazy or did she look lost? What was the vibe? No, that she, she gave looked. You? Uh, she looked fairly normal. I mean, she didn't look like a homeless person because you know she had clothes that were fairly new, and I mean, it was hard. Again, she was soaking wet, so you right. know, maybe she if she'd been covered in feces an hour before, I wouldn't have known. Right. But the weird thing is, she sits right down in the passenger seat. And she starts talking to me as if we've known each other for years. Right. Where she's just like, yeah, hi, how you doing? Okay, okay, let's go. Right. Like maybe she thought I was someone else or something. So anyway, right. the light turns green. I'm at, at, a, uh, I'm at, a, at an intersection, a busy intersection with cars behind me. So I can't just like stay there. So I start driving. And, you know, she's in, she's in the passenger seat. I, I got a couple of blocks... And I, I I pulled over, yeah. and you know, I'm talking to her, uh, and I'm like, "Do you know who I am?" And she's like, "Yeah, you're Jerry or whoever, <laughs> you know, whoever." Was it a case of mistaken identity, or did she use that? Was she was she just up for whatever? That never became clear. Huh. It never became clear. I'll just I'll I'll give, give a spoiler to the story by saying it never became clear the whole night whether she was mentally ill, on drugs, putting me on a grifter. Don't know. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a fascinating anyway, so, story. So you know, she's like, "You're Jerry or whatever," and and I'm like, "Okay," and and she's like, "Come on, let's just go home. Let's go home. Let's go home." <laughs> and I was on my way home, and I was pretty yeah. tired. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. Right. So, and plus, the home was just like two or three blocks away. Right. So I just, you know, turned the corner, drove up the street. Right. So I, I, I just parked, and I got out, and I started walking toward my apartment, thinking, yeah. thinking that maybe she was just going to walk off on the sidewalk. Right. But she walks right with me, right, right along with me. Yeah. 
And at this point, I'm starting to actually like see. This is the sick thing: is that you and I have this same kind of sickness, where like morbid curiosity, a total morbid curiosity. Right. At this point, it's like the the thrill of the fact that like we could get inside and she could you know stab me or <laughs> right. you know whatever. Right. I just it, that'd be part of the fun. That'd be part of the adventure. I mean, if I got stabbed or robbed, I'd say you know what. That's a good evening. I wouldn't be I I wouldn't be here telling the story right, right now if I didn't go through with this kind of shit. You know? Right, right. I don't know how healthy that is, but I don't either. So, but anyway, so uh, so so now I'm just like, all right, let's see where this goes. Right. So I open the door and we walk into the building, go up a couple flights, you know, go into my apartment, and she kind of comes in. I was in a, it was like a big studio apartment. So right. I had my bed in the middle of the studio. Right, I remember that. And she comes in and she just like flops down on my bed like she's been to my place a hundred times and we're just coming home like it's any other night. And she just flops down on my bed and, you know, says a few things and then just kind of like turns her head and falls asleep. Right. Like, falls asleep, like, within a few seconds. Like, and she's still soaking quite, wet. She's still sucking wet. It's right. quite possible that, like, she had been up for days. You know? That's one thing. I mean, obviously she was... She was living was, at Keith Richards lifestyle. She was so exhausted that, you know, she just came in and immediately fell asleep. Right. So that kind of tells you, yeah, like, maybe she had been up on a binge for days. I don't know. Right. But she's... So she lays down on the bed. She had a purse with her. So I'm like, all right, let, let me see what, you know, I, and, you know, I'm not proud of this. Right. But, you know, at the same time, like, this is partly like a safety thing. Right, right. I'm like, let me see what's going on here. So I open right. her purse, and there's really not much in there, but there was um, a wallet that had a driver's license in it. Right. And I saw the driver's license. You know, she lived, I think, like maybe Somewhere over in the East Bay or the peninsula. Right. She wasn't in San Francisco. Wasn't in San Francisco. So, you know, bridge and tunnel. And, uh, I, you know, her age seemed like she was like in her 30s. Uh, I, there was a picture in there also, I think, of her and a child. So she may have had a kid. I don't know. Anyway, that was all, you know, I just wanted to see, like, make sure there wasn't a gun in there. See if there was drugs in there. See what was going on. Did so, she have money in her purse? Mm, I didn't even check. See, I, I well, like, you're a man of integrity. I didn't get want to get that nosy. Anyway, well, I was asking not because I no, suspected that, you would. That would be another clue about her. Yeah, like yeah. maybe she's got a like you know maybe if she's she got, was a prostitute, there or, might be a big wad of bills or, or something. Or maybe she's her. got like fifty thousand dollars. Or maybe you know? you know she's on the run or something. Yeah, you don't right, know. Right, right. Yeah, the money would be telling. But, uh, so, so anyway, after a while, she wakes up, she looks at me, she opens her arms, yeah, like a hugging thing, right, and she's like, come here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my fucking God, this is really going to happen, isn't it? Right. And then it's like, okay, so I've been on an adventure, I've committed this far, right. I'm, you know, right. I'm in it. Right. So she's like, come here for a big hug. So I get over there. Yeah. I, I embrace her in the way she's asking. Yeah. We start kissing. We start making out. Right. We start going at it. Right. She's into it. I'm into it. Because it just feels good. <laughs> and, you know, we like... Uh, was, was she attractive? 
She was, I, I would not put her, you know, like one to one to ten, I'd put her like around a seven. That's good. <laughs> she wasn't, I, I mean, she was low end, but she wasn't... Uh, well, she, did she look like a wild wing? No. No, that's the thing. She didn't. I mean, she looked like a chick you would meet out at a club or something, you know? But, right. I mean, you know, yeah. She was crazy but refined. Not refined, but like, I mean, look, think of it this way, okay? There's uh, uh, a woman who is a uh, receptionist at a law office in San Mateo, right. and it's the weekend, and she wants to get a little crazy and go into the city. Gotcha, gotcha. You know? I know the type. Okay. Yeah, so we just, you know, the clothes start coming off. Yeah. We're going at it. What does her body look like? You know, she'd worn worn clothes that kind of hid a, a, a few uh, love handles here she had a little and, bit here of and love there. Handles, but there was some love handles, but right. you know, it was uh, more cushion for the pushing. Right. We, by that time, it didn't matter. We were the full Monty. Did you use a condom? As I recall, I did because I in those did, in yeah. those days, I used to keep condoms by the bed at all times, right. in addition to like handcuffs and whatever you know. Right. But, we start, yeah, going at it, and then um, we finish. I don't remember that she had, like, a fantastic orgasm. Right. I don't know that she was that committed to, you know, and, and you know, perhaps I was also underperforming. Who knows? But right. anyway, we... It was uh, just an okay room. It was just it was okay. okay. It was yeah. not, like, the best sex of my right, life. Right, right. So, uh, anyway, we finish up. And then she gets up, gets dressed. I, you know, I start getting dressed, just kind of, I'm, I'm sort of taking my direction from her at this right, point. Right, right. And so she says, uh, let's go out, let's go out. Right. I'm like, where do you want to go? She says, let's go to Union Street. Uh. Okay. Which, you know, kind of fits the profile a little bit. She's yeah. like, you know, one of those girls you'd meet out at the marina or something. So uh, we get dressed, we go out, we go over to Union Street. Uh, and she walks into a bar yeah. and, you know, goes up to the bartender and starts talking to him. And I almost got the feeling that they sort of knew each other or he right. had seen her before and that he wasn't totally thrilled to see her. Huh. <laughs> you know, like, huh. like maybe this is, the you know, somebody who, you know, the, the, the crazy chick who comes every week or something. I don't know. Right. But we stay there, and she's talking to this guy. I, I think I had maybe half of a drink or a beer or something. And then she walks. She 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 goes. Let's go. She goes. Walks out and goes to the next bar, like down the street. So I walk over there with her. Yeah. Same kind of thing happens there, and then eventually she left. Like I think I followed her to like two or three bars, and then she walked out of one, to, and I just was just like, yeah, I'm done. Right. And so at that point, I walked down the street. She was walking down the street away from me, um, and I was just like... And that was it? You never heard from her again? I was again. just like, that's it. I just went back to my car and went home. reminds me of a story... Um, I was having uh, breakfast at All Star Donuts in the Tenderloin. I think I was the only white guy in there. It was a grits and waffle morning. 
Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I usually go for like a little bit of a walk. <clears throat> and I walked by the methadone clinic. I didn't even know there was a methadone clinic, but there was a bunch of people out, outside. And there was an attractive Laotian woman who was kind of like scuttering back and forth and back and forth. And, and there was like a lot of other people kind of gathered around. It was a methadone clinic. That became evident pretty quickly. And so I go, hey, I was just walking by here and I just had to meet you. I think you're, you have a beautiful face. And I just wanted to say hi. She's like, oh, hey, hi. And uh, I go, you know, I'd love to learn more about you. And she's like, oh, great. Um, here's my number. Give me a call later. I'll call you. And uh, then she kind of uh, scurried off. And so she gave me a call later. And we were talking, as it turned out, she just got kicked out of the methadone clinic. So where are you at your life where you get kicked out of a methadone clinic? But she was an attractive Asian woman. And I go, you don't look like the typical heroin addict. And she goes, I know, right? And, I, and, uh, and uh, But she was? She was. Oh, she, she admitted to that. Yeah, she, she'd been homeless. And I think both of her parents were in the clergy and they were out of town. <laughs> And they put her in this clinic, but she couldn't even, she, it was like a, it was a by the books, you know, uh, methadone clinic. And if you weren't going to stick to the rules, they were going to kick you out. So she had gotten just kicked out. So she was trying mm. to find some other place to live and she didn't know what she was going to do. Think about how vulnerable she was. <laughs> oh, right. So this just shows you how um, reckless I can be. At the time I started dating a, a, a beautiful, attractive woman who had graduated from Stanford, who was extremely successful, beautiful. She was a dancer. And uh, I cut that evening short so I could go pick up the chick who got kicked out of the methadone clinic, which just shows you the insanity of the situation, right? Or, or, or like how, how a thrill is more important than a loving, a beautiful, truly loving woman and I said, look, at I, I got to go take care of some things. And I left and I went to pick up the chick with at the methadone clinic. So I pick her up and she's got like this like this wobbly suitcase that like clothes are like hanging out of the suitcase. And her cell phone's been smashed so many times. It's like, you know, all the glass is like crumbling off of it, you know. And so she comes over. And, you know, she talks about how she's a musician, of course, picks up the guitar, my finely tuned guitar, tunes it out of tune and starts playing. And so, you know, we watch a little TV, then it's bedtime. And so I've got this woman who's been out on the street, you know, she's got like some little bumps on her, but she's got a beautiful face. And so she reaches over and starts giving me some kisses and I give her a couple kisses back and she's starting to get really turned on because oftentimes these people seem to be impulsive right right now that's like very exciting but i kind of um sidestepped anything more i was just so nervous that i'd catch something and i just started to date this other person <laughs> so i sidestepped anything romantic but then you know like i woke up in the morning and was feeling a, a little horny but also very trepidatious and so i gave her a couple of kisses and she looked up at me and she goes I, uh, I, I, I'd prefer not to have sex, but if I have to, I will. <laughs> and, oh my God. and I said, and I said, uh, I go, that's okay. And so then, uh, and so then, um, like I, I wanted to take her to the library. I knew this thing was foolish on my part. First of all, 
she lost something in a cab. So I had to take her down to the cab company to find something that she left in the cab. Like, uh, like uh, it was her cell phone. She left the cell phone in the cab um, or a second cell phone or something like that. So we took her down to the cab company and I wanted to make sure she was okay. And then she needed a, like some place to stay. And she was going to go to like one of the public libraries in, um, in the mission and so it didn't open till one. It was twelve. I'm like, well, why don't I? It'll be open in an hour. And <laughs> I just kind of couldn't wait to get away, just because the whole situation was stupid. So, so there you have it. Your choice between a beautiful woman who graduated from Stanford, warm, vibrant, sexy, <laughs> or a woman who just got kicked out of the methadone clinic. <laughs> and I cut my date short to go pick her up. Sweetie, you blonde. This one girl I dated, she has a very similar voice. She, this woman was Maltese. And I guess her childhood nickname was the parrot because she had a really big nose. And I met her at the Y front desk years ago. And she was always very kind of flirtatious. And so we finally went out. And this was at a time where I was an arts and entertainment critic. I always had tickets. So I took her to like see a fancy show, which is always charming to a woman. You sure. know, go to a fancy show. Yeah. I had tickets. And then Take we her out to dinner? I don't think we oh, did that, but cheap piece of it shit. wasn't that it wasn't it was cheap. It was just, just going so... for the cheap tickets. Look at you. <laughs> so then we went for a drink somewhere and then we were waiting in line and the guys in line behind me were being really sweet to her, not picking her up, but just kind of being, you know, nice, friendly guys. And so the vibe was good. The vibe of the whole evening was good. Like they were going, hey, so are, are there wedding bells in store for you and this guy? You know, so so it was just setting me up nicely, right? Mm, okay. So everything seemed great. And uh, so I drive her back to her house, which is near um, near Glen Park BART station, as I recall. Okay. And so, so we start making out in the car. And then like one of those monster trucks pull up, like <laughs> a monster truck literally pulled up with like, Headlights, there were like floodlights that filled the cabin of the car. It was like right out of Close Encounters from the third kind. And so the whole cabin of the car was like illuminated with bright light. And she I've goes, been in that situation. And she goes, oh my God, that's my boyfriend. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so, so I love that. Oh my God, it's my boyfriend. Let's get out of here. Let's go to your place. And so uh, we went back to my place. And wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. How did you make your escape? Because, I mean, did the boyfriend see you? I mean, he's got the floodlights on you. He must have been able to see you in your car. Like, literally, it reminded me of Close Encounters. Like, like, like my cabin so he, of the car was fully illuminated. So he must have seen you and her, right? I mean... Or maybe he didn't make sense of it. Or, or I don't know. It's like there, there was no... It was no ch- car chase. It was just me leaving. So you just pulled off, pulled I away. I scooted out of there relatively never, quickly because I was a little nervous. He didn't honk. He didn't get out. He didn't follow you. Nothing. No. Interesting. Okay. And so uh, she looked like she wouldn't move in. She was dynamic, unstable, 
but but what, but what happened when you guys went home? We uh, we hooked up, so it was on. So we hooked up. So car. then you go back home and you walk right in and start doing it, or when did you like? No, we. Make the we move? I, I just think it was sort of like wow, phew, that was a great escape. So I think we were both, I like it was kind of a titillating that we both escaped her boyfriend. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think right then and there. This was like someone I was not going to pursue seriously. Which he said, anyone, oh my God, that's my boyfriend. Let's get out of here. Right then and there, I said, you know, maybe I'll, I'll hook up with this woman. I'm kind of, I'm kind of jazzed right now. But that, that, I just don't see this being was, a long-term relationship right then and there. It was a great, it was a great way of like just immediately defining the parameters of the relationship. It, was, it, it, was took, defined, away, it took away a lot of ambiguity. Right. In, in like probably 10 words, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Made me realize what type of woman she was very quickly. Because all night I wasn't sure. Like, you know, she's quirky. I'm quirky. You know, she's playful. I'm playful. And then but, uh, shit got real. Yeah. Then that, that kind of defined who she really was. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you in a work environment? Oh God! See, that's tough because I mean there have been a lot. Like, I think I think you once told me the workplace is a jungle, and the law of the jungle is what prevails. There's there's no logic to it. There's no uh, set of laws or constitution. <laughs> it's it's a fucking dictatorship and sycophants and just whatever ways the wind is blowing is what happened. Well, let me give I, you an, let me give you an example. Uh, a couple years ago, um, I was at this company, um, a software company, and I was I was feeling under the weather, so I went out to my car to take a nap in the parking lot in my car, and. This always happens whenever I take a nap in my car. <laughs> my boss always calls me, and I almost feel like he can sense that I'm napping. And uh, sure enough, ring, 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 ring. I'm in Where my car you? napping. I'm deep in a sleep. It's like 2.30 on a, on, a, on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm in the car. It's kind of cold out, and I'm all kind of cuddled, bundled up. He goes, oh, I need you to come to my office. I need to talk to you. Oh. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. Oh, man. And... Uh, you know, that's the first thing. And then you see these other people, my colleagues, all the male <clears throat> colleagues are also in his office. And they're all... All the male at, colleagues. They're all a little nervous. No no women. No women. So I'm wondering, oh my God, what have I said? Some sexual harassment what have I done? Thing. Who knows? Who right. knows? And so he goes, all right, there's close the door. And, you know, so then it's getting worse, right? He goes, um, so this is something I want to talk to you all about. Um, it's pretty serious. <laughs> and he goes... Somebody's just taking a shit in the middle of the men's bathroom floor. <laughs> and uh, and our, our CEO is like livid. Like what animal would do that? And I just want you guys to know this is going to stop. This isn't going to happen. And we just had a new SEO guy come from Idaho. And afterwards, he just moved to California from Idaho. He goes, hey, nervously, he goes, hey, does this stuff happen all the time here in California? 
Because this is this a common occurrence with people shitting on the bathroom floor. And so they don't know how it happened, but somebody had shit in it, then someone else stepped on it, and so then there were shit tracks all over the men's bathroom floor. And uh and uh and so uh that was the big talk. So I jokingly so what did, what said did he say? What did, what did he say? He, so he just told you what had happened, or did just, he? Did yeah, he, there's no advice. What can you give? A, did he can, give you a quid? Did he? Was he telling you that he, he he wanted somebody to step up and confess, or it was? No, no, I, I don't know what he. I think it was just basically like every manager had to tell his team, you know, uh, please tell your teams uh, to use the toilet, don't shit on the floor. Um, I don't know. Like, there's nothing. What could he say? You know, what, I mean, what possible could he give all? Could he offer advice? No, it's just like I joked that it was the ultimate cover up. What if it turned out to be the CEO himself? And what he was trying to do was oh. he was trying to short the stock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing that the employees would get out to market on Glassdoor or whatever, that this company's so bad, we've got problems with people shitting on the bathroom floor. <laughs> So he was trying to short the stuff. <laughs> but he's the one who took the shit. What he wanted to do was just lower morale and sabotage the company from within. He wanted to sit. That's, and so it all starts with that. Like, it's psychological. When people start shitting on the floor, then they can't concentrate. We shoot the saw, shoot the spar, shoot the plaw, do the raw, do the saw, do the raw. We I was walking by the sex shop in the Castro, and I was with with a new woman, that um, uh, older lady, and I walked by the uh, sex shop, and I almost blurted out, hey, this is where I bought my first butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> because I had bought a butt plug for this other woman I was dating, and we were kind of into butt play. And so, have you ever bought a butt plug before? No, I've never had one. Um, you know, I've... did any of your girls ever use a butt plug? No, not if they did. I didn't know about it. You know, I mean, I I've engaged in butt play with uh, a few women I've been with, but um, we never had a plug, and nothing ever went in or out of the butt that wasn't a human part. Right. We played around with the butt plug, but then decided it was almost more trouble than it was work it, it didn't really? worth excuse me it didn't help kind of um lead to uh the sort of sexual satisfaction mm. of just kind of making sure everything was well lubricated i mean that's yeah. sort of the key for that sort of for both yeah. players lubrication and you know if you're gonna put a plug up there i mean why not put a human part with a lot of lube because then it's you know double the pleasure double the fun right right you know, I have a friend down in Los Angeles. He's uh, he's actually a music conductor, but he's also kind of known as the butt master. And like people will find him on Craigslist because he supplies butt play. He's kind of a butt play master. And uh, well, when you say he supplies butt play, so like no, he no, lets he, people he, play with his butt. No, or? no, no. Like he's sort of like a butt masseuse. And so when people he'll come, massage people's uh, butts. Yeah, he's kind of like um, he's like the ass master. So he's the giver of pleasure, not the, the taker. 
is on as far I as think the anything, butt play. I think anything can go, but I th- I think anything is possible. It's just full on butt play. But I think I think he bills himself as somebody who specializes in butt play, and then maybe he can partake. He can like just like you know kind of you know kind of run run the game. He looks to satisfy his clients. Right. He'll he'll customize his services to you know whatever he, their uh, butt needs might be. Right. When I was down there working on my my musical project, I stopped by his uh, apartment, and he there was a moment of hesitation where he kind of didn't want to see me to see, like literally no less than fifteen dildos, <laughs> like on his like uh, ottoman. And uh, they were the size of a Louisville slugger. Some of them were just oh enormous. There were ones that looked like jackhammers. There were ones that vibrated. See, you've got to work up to those. Like, you can't... No, that that right. can't be your introduction to, to butt <clears throat> insertion is like, you know... Right. The, but no, the, but, but he had different sizes. And you did have Babe one, Ruth slugger, you know... The, like uh, you, the Fat Albert Wiffle Ball bat. But he said... He said that it wasn't just gay men that kind of came in to have their, you know, butt played with. But oftentimes it was like straight men. It was like straight men, guys that were in the military, you know, and they would come in and he would say, you know, see that, see that uh, wiffle ball bat over there? He goes, yeah, I I put that in this like guy who just came back from like (laughs) Afghanistan. I I put that in his ass the other day. And so this guy who's who's done his tour of duty in Afghanistan, he comes back and he's like, Hey, you know what I'd like to do? I've been in Afghanistan for a year. I'd love to have a wiffle ball bat shoved, shoved in my ass. And so he goes and he sees my my friend, and sure enough, my friend can accommodate him. Like even my friend, he's like he's 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 been around butt play for he's almost seventy. He's been around butt play for like he's going on five decades. And he's like you know like wow I. I got that whole wiffle ball bat up this guy's ass. He just came back he's from the, Afghanistan. He's the he's the he's the master of ass. Yeah, what, he's the so, ass master. So yeah. I mean, have you gained any ass wisdom from him as far as lubrication? Like, it all comes. It's down just to all lube. I mean, it, that is a big. But all right, everybody knows that. That's like one hundred and one. You know, yeah, lube it up. One hundred and one. What? But like, as far as technique or you know, special zones. Like what, what, what kind yeah. of. What kind of technique are you talking like? Like it's not like he's like a major league like baseball he's got, pitcher with a with well, a split I, I finger mean, fastball. You know, there's the jack the ha- there's the jackhammer, there's I, I, the slow you know the slow grind. Yeah. There's, you know. Right. I, I uh, it it is just there's too much variation I guess in what people want. But man, to like I can show you a picture sometimes. It's his ottoman. Is that what it's called? Like a giant like credenza? Those are two different things. I don't. I'm yeah. getting fancy right now. Ottoman's like a large desk, right? That's an no, ottoman? no. An ottoman is something you put your feet on, but a credenza is like yeah, sideboard. You know. All right, maybe yeah. it was a credenza, a desk. Okay. All right. Yeah, a sock drawer on a sock drawer. <laughs> I got fancy. You know, you, so yeah, that's a podcast. You I overreached decided. a little. Bit. I overreached a little. That's bit. all right. I overreached. But but uh, these stories are fascinating. It's straight men. It's it's gay men. So they he in, would have, and it's just they're either, they have they're butt played with. Okay, so straight men would come in because like they couldn't get their girlfriend to play with their ass, and they needed somebody to do it, or what was it? Well, I don't know if he asked 
why they're there. He just kind of gets down to business. He doesn't go like he doesn't, right, he's what not brings you pry. today, you know, like because uh, they want privacy, and that's so he's got to cater to that. Right. I don't know what the end game though is. Is like you know you shove a you shove this giant dildo, you know, kind of colored like a candy cane <laughs> in a guy's ass, and like does he come from that? Does it? I, I don't. I don't. I don't well, understand the physiology. I've heard. It, I've heard that you know you can massage the prostate from right. there and you know get some pleasure from that. I you know I prostate has never been a place that I like to have st- right. you know stimulated. But right. uh, you know if that's your thing, I think it's yeah. It's and it, there's there's probably deep psychological reasons why you want things going up your ass that you know maybe date back to your infancy. Who knows? Right, right. Did you ever have one of your girlfriends play with your ass? I had a woman eat my ass one time. Right. I was uh, in my late 20s, and I think she was in her early 40s. And uh, when she was eating your ass, were you on your hands and knees? (laughs) No, I was laying face down in bed. I was not expecting it, nor did I ask for it. Uh, so you weren't was, on your I, I never like... gave consent, you know. Um, right. I, I was just there, and she was, you know, hungry for some ass. She uh, kind of uh, just started heading south. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and lo and behold, you know, she, like, parts my cheeks like the Red Sea and, uh, you know, starts going to town with one in the brown. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, tongue in my ass. It was uh, a little bit traumatic. It brought, you know. <laughs> That's not true. You're being ridiculous. No, no, I'm not. It I just have an traumatic. image. I have an image. And then, my... and then she went to kiss me afterward. And I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, no. Right. I have an image of you having her, like, kind of force you into being on your hands and knees, and then like eating your ass, and then you kind of like tears running down your <laughs> face as you're on your hands and knees. Oh God. Right, I have an image of that. I, you know, that's not so far off. <laughs> I mean, it was kind. Of, there was some trauma, you know. I wasn't. I, I mean, I was not prone in the, like that. But I think you know there were some emotions that were brought up. <laughs> I think you know. Well, it, what, so, so how did you did you stop it or did you just go along with it? Like, how did you? No, I was it? like a Harvey Weinstein victim. I was <laughs> just trying to just go along with whatever I needed to do to make it stop. Did it feel good? Or oh my. You, Oh no! I had no. It didn't feel good. No. I, I, I'm not into that. Like it didn't I've had, feel good. I've had women when they get performed oral sex, they'll put like a finger in my butt from behind, and I and I, you're I like, don't like you want to turn I'm, you want to turn and cough or something. You I, know? I, I just I'm afraid my butt will smell bad. And yeah, so, yeah. And so uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I don't I kind of don't want to deal with that now. But they I, might they might want to smell your butt. They might actually be into that. You don't know. I um I've had like are you are you into butt play? Um I I can get into giving. I I can't really I'm I'm more of a pitcher than a catcher. Right. Yeah. Right. Have you ever eaten butt? Uh I've not tossed a salad. You you've, you don't do that with one. I've rimmed, you know. Right, that's what, well, isn't that the same thing? Isn't, like, rimming, like, the same as, what's, how's tossing a salad different from rimming? Oh, you get the salad tongs 
deep down into the bowl. Okay, you know? so rimming is just going around the around the cigar burn, but like tossing the salad is putting your tongue deep in the asshole. Yeah, oh, I've done both. Uh, okay, well, yeah. and um, you know there was this. One how Cor- was it for you? There was this Korean woman I went out with who she was a bit of a character, and uh, she kind of indicated to me, you know, like when we're like kind of like playing around, that you know she would kind of flip over on her hands and knees and kind of like. Um, push her butt back as if to indicate this is where I want you to this is where I need you to be and to her having me put my tongue in her ass that was she just loved that she just but the idea of me putting my finger in ass was so was was how dare I it was so audacious so putting my tongue in her butt was was wonderful but the idea of me putting my finger in her butt was totally ridiculous. Wow! So it, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't just so, that she didn't like the 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 sensation of it. It was more. It was like there was some shame attached to the the finger. I, I don't know if it was shame. It was just I remember like putting my tongue deep in her ass as deep as it could go, and which turns me on too. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. like I I feel almost like it. Maybe that's my thing. You don't know what your thing is until it's happening. But then so I'm like, well, if the tongue's good, maybe I'll put a finger there. And then, like, so I have my tongue deep in her ass, like, oh, and I'm moaning, like, 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 I'm going through some gestalt therapy, like, because it's my thing, it's driving me crazy, it's like, like, truly summoning, I know you were joking before, but maybe bringing up childhood issues, right, well, I'm yeah, like, I have my tongue in her ass, and so then I go, well, maybe, like, I'll mix it up a little, put a finger, and she looks over her shoulder, like, what do you think you're doing, <laughs> like, how, like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, tongue, put you put your tongue in my ass. You know, that's okay, but you think you're going to put your finger in my ass? What kind of woman do you think I am? So she just looked over her shoulder, like, 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 with this impatient growl. What do you think you're doing? Well, and... The, what, how would you react? Would you just I go, go I'm back? sorry. I, I, th- I thought... I you thought said it, you're uh, sorry out loud? I, I go, I, I didn't know you didn't like that. Oh. I just, I thought... The tongue, I thought, finger would be good too. You don't know. Now, what if what she if was, you had what if you had tried a foreign object like a butt plug? Well, you know, which I, I think I think you have to negotiate that ahead of time. Did you ever play with your poo when you were young? <laughs> well, if I did, I don't know because I can't remember. I mean, you know. You hear this a lot about a lot. I've heard a lot of kids say like, you know, like I was going through like when I was like when I was like four or five, like I'd poo in the toilet and then I, you know, would like pick up my poo and play with it. No, I haven't. I I don't think I played with the poo, but I definitely had poo issues at times. You know, growing up, I think around. That awkward age between like five years old and ten years old. Right. Uh, I went through a series of you know not like always being able to control my bowels and like you know kind of shitting my ass a little bit. You really? Know? Yeah. A little what bit was that shitting. about? I don't know. Just I, you know, I I would shit my ass sometimes when I was like uh, that, and a little bit of you know the shit in my ass might get on my my uh, underwear. Underwear. So you had so, bacon strips. In so your I had underwear. bacon strips, 
and mom used to see that and wonder what was going on and right. you know it was sort of like a prolonged stage of uh infancy i that's what i would probably what was it, it was it was it psychological or was it just did you had some gastrointestinal problems um i'm sure it must have been psychological it was psychological i'm sure it must have been yeah you know, having to do with my autonomic nervous system somehow being able to regulate my anal sphincter, you know, something along those lines. It sounds like it's lines. more physiological, as if I'm a doctor. Eh, I don't know. I think it had to do with, you know, whether you want to release no. or retain, something along those lines. Oh. All right. That wraps up this podcast. No, that's not an ending. What are you right. talking about? Yeah, I think I'm. I think that does it for this podcast. Thanks. That was that was a great <laughs> ending. Hit it, Joe. You all know my uncle Monty, don't you? Monty the magnificent at your service. Joe, it's Monty. Oh, how you are? You coming to see Uncle Monty's big benefit show? You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy.